0: guys, this is your host Stephen Riley. I just wanted to add in a quick thought before we get into this week's episode. In this podcast, we transition into some pretty deep thoughts about science and the existence of God and all of it. We had some knowledgeable dudes on this week, and all of us have pondered the same ideas and thoughts about God. None of us are saying you have to believe in what we believe in, and none of us know all the answers. I always encourage everyone to research and find out anything that they may be having doubts with on their own. And I'm always available for questions because this is what has helped me grow in my relationship with the Lord. And if you disagree in any way with things I say or any of the guests say, then send me your thoughts. We are always learning, and I love hearing what people have to say. All you have to do is simply send an email to chewcreek at gmail.com. This week's podcast starts with us enjoying sitting around a fire. Then you'll notice a transition into talking about some deeper ideas. We didn't have an infinite amount of time, so there will always be more time to go even deeper in upcoming podcast episodes. But without any further ado, I'm excited for everyone to hear this week's episode of the True Creek Podcast. Go! Uh, I guess I didn't just say go, but (laughs) Uh, I asked you. What are we going to (laughs) say? It's fine. It's fine. We're good. All right, guys, I just want to start off this welcoming Matt Wright and Scott Caudill uh we're back out here at the fire and it's a little windy today so hopefully we don't have to go inside but it's all good you guys say hey what's up hey. everybody what's up say hey separately guys you just confused everything <laughs> <I'm> just <laughs> just no it's two separate audio clips <laughs> I'm just yeah, you can, <laughs> <kidding. laughs> can patch you can do mine and then do scott's as
1: a, or vice versa <laughs> no, so. no, i'm just kidding it's we're all good the
2: countdown thing man ready three two one hey you didn't do it <laughs> oh, at the same time Good one
1: job I thought well will see the thing is I got chastised for it so I wanted to make sure I did it right
0: all right so let's just start us off kind of how we started episode two and just kind of share your guises where are you guys from so we'll start off with Matt where are
1: you from I am born and raised in Calvert County I've been here since I was six months old this is when my parents moved here and I still have not left sweet Scotty
2: uh basically the same except i've been here longer because i'm a little older than matt uh yeah i was born in prince frederick and uh i live in st leonard where i still live Sweet. so didn't make it very far as they say
0: <laughs> that's all right uh matt where'd you go to college
1: um i went to school at csm first and then i transferred to umec and did Sweet. all that online same Oh, really?
0: Actually, not the same at all, but <laughs> <laughs> I went to see <laughs> all, right. all right, Scott?
2: I went to... That was weird. Take that out. Uh, I went... <laughs> 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 Wait, what was it? I did this cough <laughs> thing. <laughs> uh, I went to College of Southern Maryland uh, after high school, and that's it. Sweet. So, what do you mean you just went to College of Southern Maryland because... <laughs> <laughs> I did not go to a... I was talking to a Canadian girl one time, and she... Because, you know, the, the other other... Uh, countries especially, they say university, right? Mm -hmm. Because a college and university Mm -hmm. are two different things. We say sometimes college is the same. You know, we kind of like, oh, yeah, where do you go to college? Well, they would say, where do you go to university? Uh, Mm -hmm. Not that that matters, but community college only. Mm -hmm. I did not, I got an associate's and I did not get a bachelor's. I am. I am less. I'm actually less formally educated
0: than you guys. So you know.
2: <laughs> so you guys just go ahead and run the podcast. I'll just sit over here and.
1: Yeah, we're just, Scott's
0: not going to talk. I just had him on to do an so, intro, and then we're just going to cut him out. <laughs> <laughs> make, make
1: a Scott's actually our tech guy. He's a, he's a tech guru. <laughs> That's go. actually your job. That's what you It's
2: almost like a underhanded compliment. You know, like like a backhanded compliment. You're like, you're you're the tech guy. It's like, well, what does that mean? Well, I'm on stage, but you're the tech guy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, what if Steven were to say it? Well, he's on stage. Mm-hmm. He has stage talent. I don't think I have stage talent at all. <laughs> I think I'm horrible on stage. <laughs>
2: we have more stage talent than you have tech talent.
0: <laughs> so let's kind of go into how we all know each other. The first
1: time, I actually remembered when I was, I was friends with um, Ryan, we were hanging out, Ryan St. Laurent, oh, and yeah. we were hanging out at his oh, house, yeah. and a bunch of you guys had come over, And he just mentioned that he was like, there's some younger guys, like, because him and Josh Bryan were, they grew up together, and, or he and Josh Bryan grew up together. It's not correct syntax, but (laughs) sorry. Um, So he and Josh Bryan grew up together, and so you guys had come over, and I remember that was just the first time that I had met, that I met you guys. So I met you and Josh and, and Hayden and Luke, and was that your small group, right? Yeah, because uh, yeah. y'all were yeah. all in the same grade. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. so that was why I first like was exposed to you. But uh, over time, yeah, we we just met at Chesapeake. and I mean, we obviously saw each other. You were you were at Peak Youth, and then when you were in college, you were I was in uh, I think it might have been Lifeline then, yeah, or Living Room, and then yeah, we so we met through there, and we started kind of hanging out a little bit there, and yeah, but yeah, man, I'm glad we're hanging out now and chilling. Yeah, here we are,
0: and <laughs> Scott, I think.
1: Steven?
0: I think we met through Chesapeake, too, I'm sure, but we just got close through Chesapeake and then started hanging outside of it.
2: I remember where we met. Do you remember? Mm. We talked about this before.
0: I don't know, man.
2: Uh, It was just more notable for me, I guess, but I was at, I started hanging out with Alex Nickham, and I started getting close to him because we went, we met through the church through Chesapeake's youth group um peak youth and uh I, I was at your i was at his house and um you know they're like i don't know maybe like a mile, like two miles from your house yeah they're not yeah, too I far away right. exactly. and uh he was like i was hanging out with him and his phone rings and uh he put it on speaker and it was you and you were like sup dude what you doing he was like i'm hanging out with with this guy scott he was like cool. You were like cool, and and then you get to like obviously tell you were on speakerphone like on your bike, and you were like riding. You're like, well, I'm gonna beat your house in a couple minutes. He's like, why? You're like, well, my mom wouldn't drive me, so I gotta get here on my bike. And you showed up, and <laughs> we hung out for. I don't remember what we did. I don't remember hanging out. I just remember you showed up. I remember your hair kind of did the swoop thing yeah. at the bottom. You know, it's yeah. like a. I
0: had the, the skater flow the going. The bowl kind of yeah. thing with the swoop that. at the end. Oh, such a punk, dude. Yeah, the white vans. <laughs> Crisp and clean. Indeed. That's the Steven I remember. Yep. I actually just threw out this vans not too long ago. Oh <laughs> really? That's <laughs> what I'm had talking about. For, forever. Yeah. Was it like throwing away a part of yourself? You're like, yeah ah. man, was like, ah, <laughs> this is like my heart. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: um, but yeah, that's I totally forgot about that. And you have brought that up, but I was just like, yeah, I forgot. Um. Yeah. So, what do you guys do for jobs now? So we'll start with Matt again.
1: Uh, I mentioned earlier that I uh, that I started working at Chesapeake Church when I was in college and I still currently work there so I started off as the administrative assistant and then I moved over to the administrative staff leader mm. and then from there I went on to be the admin and finance staff leader gotcha. then I went over to be the director of accounting and finance as my, or sorry accounting and administration as my official title and yeah, yeah. So here, That's where I'm at now. It's awesome. Yeah. And then my brother Scott
0: over here.
2: What are you doing? Yeah. Do you, wait a minute. Talk about just the job I have, or uh, I won't spend too much time.
0: For now, just talk about the job that you have okay. and like what you're doing. Exactly.
2: We'll take a little. So I work for the Navy um, as a civilian. Um, uh, before that, I was a contractor, and there's more, you know, stuff I did before that. But I work in cybersecurity. I'm a threat. Uh, to the government. Analyst. I'm, I'm a threat. <laughs> you just better watch yourself. Everybody. Uh, nice. Right. It's, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's, with, it. it's our life. It's our lives. This is literally. You just. Everybody just got a sample of yeah. Matt and Scott <laughs> whenever we're together. Because <laughs> Matt's quicker and wittier than I am, <clears throat> and I, it takes me longer to think of things. So I'm like, I'm a threat, and Matt's like to society. <laughs> That's just how it works. Uh, I'm a threat analyst. Uh, I do incident response and um, threat vectors and threat reporting and stuff like that for the Navy.
0: Awesome. That's pretty sweet. And you, so going back to your education, uh, it's pretty cool, I think, that you just went to CSM, got your associates, and got a full-time job right after that. That's awesome. When I said
2: just went to CSM, that is what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. I went to right, Community College, got an associates. I stopped. <clears throat> I should have gotten a bachelor's. I I it would have been better. For everybody going to school, go to school. It's especially if you have an easy way, you know, an easier rather way to go than some folks mm-hmm. who have to take out student loans or something like that, but um yeah. Anyway, it's not a big deal thing, but But thanks. Yeah, hey, man.
0: I'm here to encourage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just doing joking? it. I'm only I'm only saying it cuz we're recording right now. Yeah, we're recording. Know, yeah. I'd be down in you yeah, right now. Like, he's like, yeah, man. He's a <laughs> he's a free game. I'd be putting you in the yeah. ground. <laughs> <laughs> I kid, I kid. <laughs> uh, all right, now so I, I kind of want to transition into uh, Oh, I like that. I like that transition. Yeah, there you go. I did there? Call it what it is, man. <laughs> call it what it is. <laughs> so I want to transition into going back to what Matt does because uh, you also are a worship leader too. Um, yes. Not only in church but also for Peak Youth, uh, which is our youth ministry at Chesapeake Church. Um, and so I kind of wanted to go into... How does that work? Because I know working in the church just as a barista for me, it was a little bit weird working in a church because it felt like I didn't really have a split between work and being able to worship God, you know? So I just kind of, my question I guess is, um, working at a church, how do you keep work separate from worship?
1: Um, In a lot of ways, they both are very tightly intertwined Mm. and some days like I love it some days it's incredibly challenging trying to figure out like where are those lines like when am I my working versus doing ministry because a lot of it feels the same and then sometimes it feels really like work and then there's some times where I'm like crap I get to do this for for work you know I get to like actually talk to people about real things like that they're dealing with and and scriptural uh, references to to things that might help them out or Mm -hmm or just ministering to them and teaching them. Like we do a Bible study on Fridays with my team. And, and so just being able to do that kind of stuff is, is really cool. So it really is a privilege, but I have to be incredibly intentional also to make sure that I'm resting. And so I, I, I do really well with my temperament to separate when it comes to like just things in general, like to, to have pockets that I can separate into like work versus worship versus friend time versus like all that stuff is just really easy for me to silo. I just kind of operate that way. Right. But when it comes to s- Sabbath rest, that's a big thing that I I really try to, to focus on. So I know that God had created the world in seven or sorry, six days. Mm-hmm. And on the seventh day, he took a second to rest, t- took a second God took a day to rest, and he looked at everything and he said how good it was, mm. and he appreciated it for what it was, but I'm like, God doesn't need rest yeah. so why did he why did he sit back and do that well obviously because he wanted to set an example for us as human beings and yeah. and the thing that I thought was cool is like uh, Tim Keller had mentioned it once before how he did a sermon on work and rest, which is one of my like favorite sermons because it just helped me look put Sabbath in a, in a whole new light mm-hmm. and that's what he was saying was he was like, God, why did God have to tell us to take a day off? Like, why did God have to tell us, like, you can't work this day? Like, I forbid you from working. Right. And I think it's naturally because sometimes we just are always striving and it's that whole thing where our pride gets in the way and, and we want to be like God. We're going to keep working. Yeah, yeah, like, as though, like, the universe is going to fall apart if, like, yeah. on the seventh day you, like, shut off and, yeah. and let God be God and be still and know that he's God mm-hmm. and take that time and... Because um, God had said in, in Deuteronomy, I think it's Deuteronomy 5, he mentions, he said that you should uh, make sure that you observe the Sabbath. And I'm paraphrasing here. Uh, but he says, uh, because I'm the Lord your God who had brought you out of Egypt, out of slavery, therefore, like, you will keep the ha- Sabbath holy. And so one of the things that's like, it's like, it's about a liberation you know, that these that they were in slavery and they were working every single day, you yeah. know, of their lives. And and God was like, No, 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 just remember, like, I brought you out of slavery, I've liberated you. Right. And in the same way Jesus has liberated us, like, we don't have to yeah. strive anymore, Jesus has accomplished it. Now, obviously, we have our, our work set ahead of us, so it doesn't mean don't you know, that we don't have to work or anything, right, right. but that that everything just knowing that God is God and like just resting in that and not being like, you know, I have to like all these things because you know the world's gonna fall apart without me. Mm-hmm. It's like no, work work hard those six days and but make sure like you take that day to 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 really like recalibrate and say, you know what, like God holds yeah. the earth together, not me.
0: Yeah, no, that was a really good explanation of it. Yeah. Um and then now to Scott, so though so how if you're not at a church, you're not working at a church you're not necessarily your title is not ministry in any way. I mean, not saying that Matt's is because he's doing finance at church, but, um, if you don't have the chance to do ministry in your job, how are you able to make time for that? Sure. What does it look like in your workplace or even outside of your workplace?
2: <clears throat> yeah, that's a good one because actually, um, I've, I've had to do, cause you know, I've, I've considered going into ministry as a, you know, as a job, mm-hmm. uh, youth ministry a few times. And, um, you know, I, I, I really had to wrestle with, and this is multiple times that I really wrestled with like, what is, um, what is ministry? What is like, like, what is working in ministry? Why is that? Why does that have seem grander almost or, you know, uh, I, or the difference or I don't know, I won't, I won't try to think of all these like fancy ways to say it, but like, like what's, is that more special than, um, than working in my job? Right. Uh, you know, in a job that's not in ministry, not at a church, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and basically, I came up with a I came up with a couple like I f- there are a few thoughts along the way, and I tried to like write them into into one. Uh, and so this might feel like left field, but I'm gonna kind of talk about it. So uh, I actually looked it up um, because um, the average American will spend a third of their lives working. Mm. Right? I mean, if yeah. we're not, I mean, we're, at that point, you're just kind of doing like a big study on you know, is that economics? I don't know. He was just thinking, like, okay, so how many people are, are working? Mm-hmm. Um, so a third of our lives, and, and FYI, I got this idea because um, well, a friend of mine said that we spend a third of our lives asleep. Mm. So that's an interesting thought. We actually spend two-thirds of our lives doing things that in some way, shape, or form, we don't have control over, right? right? I don't know, right. just a fun, yeah. fun thought. Um, but he said that to me because he said, he said, so get a good bed, so invest money in a good mattress. And I was like, dude, you're absolutely right. I never thought of that before. He's like, you spend a third of your lives on, and you can't, it's not like you're, you know, sleeping, you like wakes up and it's just like, okay, well, or I guess you wake up and then go find somewhere else to sleep in the middle of the night. You're stuck on that thing. You're, you're laying there for the duration. Uh, And so I, I, that, that really seemed to fit with this because, um, I guess I'll get there for a second, but, um. God was really the first one to do work on earth right mm-hmm. uh, it's funny because I was going the same way Matt kind of was um, that right six days he worked and he created life and then he rested on the seventh day yeah. um, and when he saw his work he said that it was good so and that's in Genesis right so yeah. therefore I guess legitimate work is uh, reflects the activity of God right there is legitimate work right What is that, What and what is legitimate work and I I don't have an answer. That's a. This is a huge topic in of itself, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, it was it was really interesting thought to me. What's what's legitimate work, right? And 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 if God did legitimate work and Christ did legitimate work, then how do we do legitimate work? Right. Um, and so, kind of what I'm what I'm getting at is that are we? I guess the hard question is, do we? Um, those of us that don't work in ministry, do, do I do Our legitimate work?
0: <laughs> well, right.
2: That's yeah. a, I mean, I think that about that it for a second. Time. Yeah, like, I, I mean, you, you work, you know, for, for the county parks and rec, yeah. right? Yeah, There's, There are times when you're, you know, digging a post hole or something, yeah. right? Or I'm writing an email, right? right? Yeah. Or writing a report. There is absolutely, I mean, there is nothing inherently in that work, in that yeah. task that I can do where I can be like, yeah, let me just, yeah, so today the vulnerabilities against the Navy networks are, and then like somewhere in there I can be like, Jesus died for all of our sins. You, know, <laughs> you can't, I mean, it's, it's really, really hard, yeah. or it can be.
0: Can I add something to that sure. real quick? Um, yeah, I have that same thought all the time. And actually I had this crazy thought the other day. I was like, man, Pastor Hans up there, like, or any pastor is up there like doing God's work as a part of their job. I mean, it's like their ministry, they're, they're able to do it and get paid, which is sweet. And I was like, man, but if everybody they're talking to were to do the same thing, they'd be talking to nobody. Yeah, so, so what about work that's just plain work, right? What is that?
2: is that? Is there a way to glorify God? Exodus, what I was thinking of, which I do have this written down, that, that God equips his people, right? In Exodus, he says that he equipped, he equipped them with, with intellect and wisdom and uh, gave them, he even said mastery. Give them mastery of these skills so that they could do. Um, and it seems like to me, right, from when I read it, for for the um, purposes of general work, mm-hmm. so that people can build things, right? Because life on earth is not, I mean, you know, sometimes we build houses, right? And we build it for a person, and that's that's fine. You know, that's great, right, because a person needs a place to live. Um, but that person should also get paid to build that house, mm-hmm. right? And so it's, it's kind of a... Um, well, and the last thing that I'm that I'm rounding around to is that we also have to, you know, we it's work work is a is a thing, right? Adam and Eve um, first sinned, and then God tells them that basically life's going to be hard. Now He actually says, from the sweat of your brow, you're going to eat bread, like you're you're, you know, and that actually kind of makes me feel like, man, when I eat like a sandwich and a Panera bread or something, I'm. I'm not like, I'm not like, like fresh off of the, off, you know, out of the fields, you know, like, you know, plowing and and pulling up, you know, weeds and stuff like that. I mean, I, I I get to sit in air conditioning. Um, But yeah, I mean, he basically explained that, that life is going to be really tough and work is going to look different now. So what is legitimate work? And um, so, you know, because there's ministry that you do with the people at, at work, right? Well, that's kind of the equivalent to me of, of people that are just around you. Right. That's your that's your ministry field. Um, But I just got really hung up on the idea that that we um, like we have toilsome work we're going to do. Right. Again, going back to Genesis, um, uh, that the ground is not cursed because of their sin Mm -hmm. and that uh, in pain you'll eat from it. So anyway, um, yeah, I just I guess I guess like I really struggled with I will just sum this up. I struggled with. Well, you don't have to work in... You don't have to be employed. You don't have to occupationally, you know, work in ministry. Right. So I guess just the realization that, you know, uh, I don't want to spend that third of my life doing busy work right. so that I made money so that I could pay my electric bill. Yeah. Um, but, um, but I also, you know, but I did good work, right, uh, that reflects Still God even, right? God. Yeah, yeah, I mean, something that I... That I did well. Like, oh, do you like your job? You know, you love your job. I'm like, no, but it allows me to be here, right? right. I mean, it allows me to have a house and a car right. that I got here, um, and clothes and stuff like that. So, uh, in a way, busy work can also provide for you to have access to ministry and not have to work right. two or you know two jobs or yeah. be in a tough situation like that. So,
0: and that's like, yeah, no, that's a really good point.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's like that. Ministry is really more of a of a way of life, even than it is just a specific vocational thing. Because even like like it's I think it's First Corinthians ten where Paul says that whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. And there's there's other places I think where he says it as well. So it's just really cool that he reiterates that. You know, just like in in every single eating and drinking, I think is what he talks about. Like eating and drinking, doing it for the glory of God. And it's like, how do you, you know? how do i like eat my bread to the glory of god Jesus. or how do i you awesome know some
0: water <laughs> yeah yeah
1: no i mean like but 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 really like, kind of getting thinking of god in those those small moments yeah. even that we're, that we think are, are so Very small true. that i mean because of you being at work you know how, how much of a witness that is even in, in how much you care about the work even though it's not something you're necessarily passionate about but you want to do it right because you're like this is you know this is the right thing to do paul talks about that the governments are put there in, intentionally he's talking about the like that God has put these people in place and and there's a reason for it and that God is even in control of all of that and he's completely sovereign in all of it so it, it allows like for you all these random people to come together and work for the Department of Defense or yeah. you know whatever bureaucracy or, or thing that the government yeah. might have come up with or a company that a company might come up with a you know this great software that they sell to small businesses yeah. and and then as a result like, they get to interact with other people and just meet a whole bunch of people and build mm-hmm. these relationships. I look at yeah. someone like my boss, Larry Patton, and he knows everybody in the county just because he's he's been here for so long yeah. and he's been in sales jobs. He's been yeah. I mean, he's he worked for the, the fire department. And, and yeah. so those things aren't like, you know, those aren't like the fire department's mission isn't like glorify God. Right. It, it's it's, you know, I, well, I actually don't know what their mission is, but put, fire yeah, put out, out fires. Yeah, I think. But but for real, like, it's like, that's not the, the fire department's mission. However, through that, like God has taught Larry so many things. Yeah. He's been able to reach firemen and bring them to church. And yeah. and so the, the way that God can use all this stuff and he's, because he is sovereign or that word sovereign being like, he's in control of everything. He oversees all of it. He has his hand in everything yeah. that he's able to bring together those, these things that might seem meaningless, but, Definitely. but. To him, in his extraordinary hands, he's able to make something ordinary extraordinary. So,
0: dude, come on, preach it, man. Let's go, buddy. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, no, that's a really good point, though.
2: It was an original design, right, for humans, right? We, yeah. our design was to work, um, and and Adam and Eve. I mean, even even were were going to work, right? They they tended to the garden. I mean, they they had purpose on the on the planet, so we aren't outside of that original design too. I mean, we are outside of that design for sure. And I know those, that's kind of complicated phrasing, but, um, we, you know, things are different now. Right. And again, huge, huge subject that I'm sure there are whole seminary theology classes about, you know, the creation of, of, of man, but, um, definitely an original purpose was for us to, to, to labor, to do work. Um, But we sinned and and everything got really messed up and God, I mean, he he actually explains to them, this is, this is why, you know, this is now the way things are going to be. Um, And uh, even like the garden was considered, I mean, it was, it, it is paradise. A garden is, is usually right. The, the imagery there, the, the, the word is like somewhere pleasant. It's nice. It's everything's planted. It's, it's perfect they were kicked out of the garden they were like okay now you're now you're going to the rest of the world
0: yeah so moving on let's talk about the guy we met at chick-fil-a um, let's let's have one of you guys explain it. let's have one of yeah. you guys explain it a little bit
1: yeah so we were we were eating dinner at chick-fil-a mm-hmm. and it was after a Saturday service yeah. and so we were all hanging out it was me Scott Stephen and a buddy of ours Adam so we were sitting at the table eating chick-fil-a and there was a guy that was working there that was cleaning up and he was doing his thing uh clearing some of the tables and Mm. and he overheard us talking about the bible and talking about jesus and and our and saturday service and kind of how that went and stuff and um and he asked us he was like are you guys christians and and we were like yeah he's like oh you guys are my kind of people and and so we're like oh okay that's awesome yeah yeah we're excited (laughs) we're like that's really cool that he that he you know yeah that he believes in jesus and stuff too I thought that was pretty awesome And, and um and he said well hold on he's like i get off in in five minutes he was just like um i want to talk to you guys about the book of mormon we we're like oh wait what like he said that he had just got back from france correct on a
2: missions trip for yeah. two years two years yeah and i said do you speak do you speak french, french? and he yeah. said some he says yeah in right. yeah so i which is <laughs> and i and speak I french French. i don't know if he knew
1: any other french but i i knew that in french but yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yeah no. Um, so so he had he had went and we were eating and we just talked about it a little bit. We were just like oh okay. I was like I guess you might. Oh, he's probably going to talk to us about the Book of Mormon. I'm assuming he's Mormon and and so he came over and he and he grabbed a chair and and he sat down and and so he he asked us what we had knew about it and mm-hmm. and I had I had looked at it before and it was a little while back when I had done some research with it. So I I didn't remember as much and I kind of mixed it a little bit with with. Islam, because I, I like I said, it had been just a little while since I would read up and mm-hmm. and s- researched it. But so I was asking him, and, and he was like, "Yeah, no, 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 it wasn't 650 AD, because that was Muhammad." He was like, "It was, it was actually Joseph Smith from the 1800s." And to which I kept saying, "John Smith," but I, <laughs> I remember that. I, yeah. I don't know. I was like sc- I mixed Scott them Scott up. Like I think it, that, once. Joseph. I did it was. I did it once. Like
2: the fifth time you said it, I was like, "It's
1: it's Joseph, Smith. Yeah, yeah, Joseph. Yeah. Yeah, he knew his stuff. I mean, yeah, he he, he, was, reads a lot. He, t- he taught us about kind of the background of Mormonism and mm-hmm. and and basically he was talking about how um, scripture can be confusing and how he didn't quite yeah. how a lot of people had trouble understanding it. And he was like, you know, that's so Joseph Smith had come along and you know churches all the way up into that point were, you know they weren't they weren't getting the Bible correct. Essentially, is is how the Mormon view is. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. He was he was really open and just kind of was sharing his views and and he really wanted us to to consider it. He really wanted yeah. us to take a take a second and listen and yeah. and you know I, I told him I was like dude I was like if I was like I, I want you to consider also that the holy scriptures the old and the new testament are complete and like that's what we need and that that's God's final word and mm-hmm. we aren't supposed to add to it and that it is completely sufficient and there's nothing that needs to be added or taken away from it. Yeah. And and I told him, I was like, at the same time, I will be completely open to, I was like, I'll read it. I'll read into Mormonism. Yes. I was like, I'll, I'll take that time to to do it. And, and I think out of all of it, that was the most important thing that we did was just be like, dude, yeah, like, tell us about, like, what yeah. what do you believe? And, and even pushing back and saying, hey, man, like, I can't get behind what you're saying. Like, so, what about these discrepancies or these? Yeah, thing. at the time, we, we hadn't. That's the thing is, I wasn't as sharp with it, because I I hadn't spent as much time, so I'm like, dang it, I wish I knew more of... Because in a way, he wasn't really giving us a lot of the details. Because one of the things I'd brought up how in uh, Galatians, like that Paul said, if an angel comes down and tells you something contrary to what we're telling you, there to be accursed and And he's like, well, yeah, but it's not... He was like, I understand, but he's like, it's not a different gospel. And I'm like, um, okay. Like, I'm like, yeah. what do I, You know, at that point, I'm like, I, I didn't have my research. I didn't know exactly what Mormons believed, yeah. and, you know, and we 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 ran out of time with them to to really go into it. But yeah. but that night, I went back and and I was looking at the different um, beliefs yeah. of of yeah, yeah yeah. What does the Book of Mormon talk about? And yeah. and there's just like there are some fatal like or I say fatal because it's like like huge differences between like you cannot say that that the Old and New Testament are Holy Scripture and then this also be Holy Scripture at the yeah. same time. Like, yeah. I feel like, and then I like I, I asked him that question. I was like, at that point, if parts of the Bible were wrong, I was like, how do we know it's not all wrong? Like, if if God's not strong enough or powerful enough to, yeah. to make sure that the Scriptures aren't, you know, soiled, or portions of the Scripture aren't soiled, but then right. other ones are, are perfectly fine, right. I'm like, how do you know this? Because he had mentioned, he was like, yeah, but like, you know how the Holy Ghost, like when you're, you know, when you're, looking at scripture and you just feel it you know that like this is like this is real this is it you can just feel it inside of you yeah. and i asked him i was like yeah but i said or the thing i brought it up to him i was like yeah but you know that because scripture tells you that He
0: had mentioned kind of big well he, he had mentioned that um that the bible was so complex um and so it wasn't it was hard for him to understand it and i so i said i agree it can be hard but we're learning about god we don't want it to be simple <laughs> right. And, like, that's one of the beautiful things about it is, like, it's not simple. It's something that needs to be complex because we're learning not only about ourselves, but we're learning about who created us. And I actually think Larry Patton said to my dad, who, which my dad told me, and he said, this will never end. This, this journey of learning, he's like, you're never going to finish it. Yeah. He's like, your whole life is going to be the study of God, mm-hmm. you know.
1: Yeah, and, it's, and one of the things that, like, if people were to ask... Why, why isn't the Book of Mormon as valid as the Book of the Bible? Like, why is that the case? Mm-hmm. And one of the main things is, and this is a bigger, a bigger topic in and of itself in looking at like the inerrancy of the Bible. Yeah. But just kind of a quick, like, overview of when we look at, when we look at the Bible and how it was comprised, and, and it's a, it's a compilation of so many different human beings from yep. different walks of life that were in different, you know, eras and yeah. different, you know, from 300 BC, some date to like, you know, the early first or the late first century. Like, right. and so that's like a huge span of time for all of that to be consistent for some guy named David in a thousand BC to talk about being nailed to a tree when it hadn't even invented, been invented yet by the right. Romans, like as a form of capital punishment. So like that kind of stuff that you start when you really start digging into why is the bible valid or why do you believe the bible is valid because if you can get there and look at like yes this is the most historically accurate document that we have like from ancient you know ancient times compared to other ancient literary works like we don't have original manuscripts of any of that so it's it's based off of of transcribed manuscripts onto you know papyrus and stuff like that as well like so like the dead sea scrolls and things Mm -hmm. like that that as you look into and some of this you might want to cut out because it's kind of out of context and I'm not. No, no, honestly, I, I like that you're, well, you're talking about not, theology. Right? Yeah. I mean, we, well, yeah. It's a, and so I think like if you, if you start looking, at, if you just look at that alone, like is, is the Bible reliable in terms of like the history of events? Like, yes, the Assyrian Empire existed. The Babylonian Empire yeah. existed. Jesus existed. There are Roman historians that weren't Christians that said, yes, like there was some guy named Jesus and he was causing this stir yeah. up amongst the Jews and, and yeah. all this stuff. And so these things they're real stories now you can debate like be like, what well, did the miracle really happen or this this, this or that or did these that happen this way yeah. but you cannot argue the historical accuracy of right. and even yeah. like the archaeological evidence that we've come across yeah. that well, you know yeah i mean yeah.
0: even even skeptic researchers in and um people who have been to israel yeah they admit, like, Jesus walked this earth and he had thousands of followers. Yeah. Like, you know, he wasn't just
1: some crazy dude. <laughs> yeah, this guy made an incredible impact. Yeah. And so, and so you can't say, now, now with Joseph Smith, it's like, yes, we also knew that, that he was real, but when you look at the Book of Mormon, I've read that, like, the places that he talks about, nobody knows where they are. The, the names crazy. of them, like, they're not... And that was, like, 300 years ago, or sorry, 200... Yeah, 200-something 200 years ago, yeah. like, or whatever. So yeah. I'm like, what... Like, you know, from that short amount of time, wouldn't you think we'd know these nations and wouldn't yeah. you think we'd understand, like, some of this archaeological yeah. evidence? Like, wouldn't we be able to find these stones that he used, like, yeah. to, you know, and maybe that people say they have found it or whatever, but, in Missouri. But like, <laughs> that this information would be verifiable right, by outside right. sources. And and because the thing about what Jesus is, other people were eyewitnesses to all of this, like, tons of people. Right. And Paul says in Acts that there was, like, hundreds of, I think he said 500 Yep. Or something, something or so, witnesses about like what had happened in the gospel and all that. So, if you start looking at that, and and it, and it really starts like with the preponderance of the evidence. Like if you look at what is, what is this leaning towards? Like, is it does it look like it's most likely? And it's like, yes. When you look at Christianity, like the Bible and and what the Bible talks about, it's like, man, there's, you know, you could maybe debate some of the ins and outs of it, right. but. But when it comes to historical accuracy or lineage, like you can, you can test this thing. It's a historical document. They write, you know, they're writing as though this is like, we need to preserve this. And this is a story and this is part of it. Their lineage is important and all that stuff. So, whereas with with like things like the Book of Mormon, they like, it's it's absent of that kind of concrete, like verifiable evidence, I guess, so to speak. So where Mormonism breaks down is if I'm like, if you're saying that scripture has any like validity yet you're saying like a bunch of it's wrong, but we use some of that to interpret like this new book. And I'm like, well, like what, you know, I'm like, you know, like you're using, it becomes a circular argument that you're not able to really like yeah. you, you can't, it can't stand on its own. Like it's falling apart because there's no like real strong base to like right. to hold the table up, you know? And, right. and so it, um, that's the thing where I'm like, like, and you start looking through this stuff and you realize that like Christianity, it, or even like if you're, because even if you just get people like to the point where they're just like, like I love that Jacob had said, he was like talking about like how atheism is a really bold claim because nobody's proved it. One of the the biggest theme I got from the whole conversation was that there was, it was
2: pretty, uh, it, was, it was a pretty mutual, you know, comfortable uh, couple of folks chatting about their beliefs and things that are interesting. So very peaceful.
0: That's a good. That's a good word for it. though. Yeah. It was peaceful, and I think that's how um, talking to people about Jesus should be. It should be a peaceful conversation, regardless of their beliefs. Yeah. It should just be somebody you're sitting down with and having a cup of coffee. With, coffee with, and yeah. you're just having a conversation. If they don't believe the same things, why? Let's talk about it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think we've we've lost the art of of discourse, like like friendly discourse, yeah. because we just we. A lot of us like get really personal with it. And I know it is because it's our faith and, it, and it's what we believe in our whole viewpoint. So for someone to be like, yeah, like, man, I don't believe at all what you believe. Or, you know, it's, it's hard for someone to, right. to hear that because they're like, no, no, I'm devoting my, you know, the way I live my life. The way I view things is, is filtered through this lens. Yeah. So, so for us to be respectful of that, I think we did a, a pretty darn good job. I'm sure we could have done better with him. But I just love the fact that, that we were able to have like a friendly discussion about yeah. like, hey man, like I understand what you're saying, but like, but why? Like, you know, have you, have you ever considered this? Yeah. And, and he was like, have you considered that? You know, because I asked him, I was like, I was like, well, it's scripture says in Galatians that if it, even an angel came down and told a different, you know, gospel, like there to be, I think he said there to be a curse or something along yeah. those lines. And, yeah. and he said, um, he's like, well, yeah, but like it's not a different gospel. And then I was like, oh man. And then I didn't, because I was just like, I don't think it is, but I don't know what they, you know, I don't know all the ins yeah. and outs of their, yeah. of their theology. So, and, and then looking at it, it's like, yeah, this is very contradictory to yes. <laughs> like, to, to what the <laughs> Bible is saying. Yeah. So, um, so that, that was why the thing is like, yeah, I told him, I was like, man, I don't, I can't reconcile the need for, for another prophet. But, yeah, and even like we said, like telling him like, Hey, like man, we're, I understand. Like he wanted that. He said, if you guys could just consider like reading the book of Mormon or, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. man, if you can consider also that that the Holy Scriptures are the final, like, word of God. There's like, no
0: other addition to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah that that's... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I could... Oh, man, I have so much more to say, but we can we can definitely move on to the next uh, topic here. All right, so now let's go into listener questions. Um, so you can ask questions through Creek at gmail.com um, or on Facebook or Instagram. Just send me a message on there through Chew Creek Podcast. And so... We're going to go through a listener question that we had last week. How can we know for sure that God is real? And so the first thing that I wanted to say right off the bat is uh, God really doesn't need any help or an explanation for his existence because it's so evident all around us. Um, in every way through, I mean, whether I'm doing it or I'm getting evidence through climbing and just turning around and looking at everything around me, and I'm like, man, this is insane. Like... I wanted to bring up the verse Psalm Psalm nineteen one that says, "The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims His handiwork." And I think that's really true.
2: I mean, the first thing that came to my mind um, when I thought about this was um, that, like uh, Benjamin Franklin, wrote his autobiography, and he didn't he didn't spend any time he didn't waste time I guess you could even say. Proving his own existence in his own autobiography, um, and so likewise the bible you know god doesn't spend uh, a lot of time proving his existence mm-hmm. uh, in the bible I, I guess not not so plainly like there's no big book or huge- cha- you know big cha- you know, many chapters on here's why, you know, I, I exist and here's, and here's why
1: you should believe it. it. Is it because particles, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, exactly. Like, 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 let me explain
2: why there wasn't time before, you know, before me, you know, before I created it or something like something kind of wild like that. Mm -hmm. And I know, I know maybe that's oversimplifying. um, But in Ecclesiastes 311, um, it talks about that he instilled uh, eternity, a sense of eternity Mm -hmm. in the heart of every person. Um, So I find that kind of interesting. So, I mean, uh, it, it's pretty well known it's, it's a, I mean a lot of, a lot of preachers have preached on it and it's, and it's you know a solid biblical truth that we have if if you know so the Bible says that, that we have a sense of eternity in our hearts, right every, every human. so then nowhere else in the Bible in the Bible is it going to be like, well, let me explain eternity, you know what I mean It's just because God gave you that sense when you were created yeah. uh, and everybody has it. everybody that that is born, I mean. Yeah. every generation before me and after me will have that sense yeah. you know uh, so it's not something that has to be taught to a to a kid like language or right. math or something
1: like that
0: it's there yeah. right yeah
2: So that's at least
1: one point yeah yeah someone might not be thinking from their perspective like well I'm not looking for the Bible to explain the exact how yeah. of like everything existing but shouldn't the universe point to God you know what I mean? In terms of, like, shouldn't we scientifically be able to prove, like, if we look at the way that, like, these forces work together and all that stuff, like, right. that that we should we should be able to look at that. Not even just because the Bible says it, like, yeah, but what if I don't believe in the Bible? And right. and, and I think one thing to, to, to take them to, if they were like, why don't I believe in the Bible? And it's like, well, we could talk about, like, is it the errancy of Scripture like we were talking about earlier? Like, because because the bible is like incredibly accurate compared to any other you know document of antiquity that we have mm-hmm. and so you can walk through you know why do we believe the bible is reliable like why do we trust those words but right. but that there is also a lot of scientific evidence that points towards god's existence and and it's such a big that's i mean it's obviously such a big topic that we we probably can't you know completely oh, satisfy yeah. here you know should have said
2: fire, that before but. i started mine
1: yeah but like but one of the things that kind of that really stuck out to me one of the biggest arguments that i that i that really just like helped me kind of settle my brain on the on the topic is um there's there's three different schools of thought when it comes to faith and logic and how they kind of relate to each other or faith and science and in fact essentially like and so there's there's one thing called fideism and that's like completely faith like it's only faith there is no like backup to what you're saying it's just like you're not bringing logic to the table and it's just based on like you know a, a hunch or a, you know, a feeling right. of some sort and then there's what's called strong rationalism which is on the complete other end of the spectrum and strong rationalism is like no the evidence is like there is no doubt in your mind that you have said the point and nobody has any great Like points to to argue it. Like, there's nothing that you can say that would make it that because it's just like painfully or like not painfully, but like obviously clear Mm. that 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 thing is true. Right. And so, the interesting thing is when it comes to science, there is nothing that fits the strong rationalism perspective. Because even like there's a a guy named Richard Dawkins who's um, like he's like atheist extraordinaire essentially. Like, he's an incredibly wicked, smart scientist, but he, um, he even said like that we might wake up tomorrow and find something that either evolution will have to throw it completely out the window or we'll have to think about it completely differently than we had thought before. And he was like, because science observes like, so the things that are happening today, like they might not happen tomorrow. Like the sun comes up every day, but maybe, you know, tomorrow the sun doesn't come up and we're like, okay, something's there's some other force or maybe (laughs) we completely, yeah. Or maybe we just don't understand the way that, you know, you know planets orbit and things like that like maybe it's like okay maybe we need to go back to the drawing board cuz something's not right cuz yeah. the sun didn't come up yeah. but so so that's that's the thing is is what's the, in the middle of those two is called critical rationalism mm-hmm. which is a mix of both faith and empirical data like and so anything empirical is actually it's a conglomeration of like it's basically what we've observed like it's it's like a preponderance of the evidence so it's a mix of like it's most likely the fact that you know evolution for instance so was say like we've have observed these principles and evolution is continuing to be like a viable theory that we can believe in but it's but there is a faith that that's going to continue on there's a faith that like tomorrow we didn't yeah. we're not going to wake up and something's going to completely change about yeah. it which has happened and all throughout history of, of like science and what we're learning like we we have new discoveries all the time that yeah. make us go all right like, so, you know, saturated fat is like, like not bad for your heart or it is bad <laughs> for your heart. Bad this whole
2: time. Yeah. <laughs> like that
1: kind of stuff where it's like, yeah, because, yeah. because we're just observing. That's what science does is it yeah. observes creation. But the interesting thing is a lot of folks want a strong rationalist argument for Christianity. If you could prove, you know, or God in general, like yeah. not even just Christianity, but like, if you can prove without a doubt that God exists and I'm just like, well, why, like we don't have anything that like Without a doubt, like, there's no, like, the sun will always, like, it will come up tomorrow and there's no way you can tell me that it won't. And it's just like, Mm -hmm. no, like, because we're like, it's possible that it won't. It's possible that tomorrow we find a new discovery that we have to rethink gravity, you know? And and so, in the same way, I'm just like, why wouldn't you consider that God exists based on the preponderance of the evidence, which, you know, you could walk into, like, the law of causality and, like, you know, how our, you know, how everything that has come into being has a cause, Mm -hmm. like, and so... You know the the whole argument is that that God is the ultimate like that everything that has a cause is transcended by something else that caused it right. and so like that God would have to be basically the um, uncaused cause that made everything come into existence and so yeah. God would have to exist outside of time space and matter and, and people that are atheists will say well yeah but we don't know that that like that the big bang theory the thing that came that caused it yeah operates under the same rules as our universe and i'm like well you're right but what's the preponderance of the evidence say like what's yeah. the what is it pointing to and yeah. so i for me i know that was a really long explanation no, but i'm glad you yeah. b- but that helped me like from intellectual standpoint yeah. to just say like okay got it. like i never really thought yeah. about you know the way that we understand the scientific method and how we yeah. how we observe things and, and yeah. the processes that come about as as a result of them
0: it's crazy because sometimes Uh, like even through with evolution I know we're not talking about evolution we're talking about going back back to the question yeah how can we know for sure that God is real Um, even evolution though in my opinion is is something that has been taken to an extreme Um, so when Charles Darwin created evolution it was it was something he was observing one of his observations were that um, he was observing birds on different islands and he was noticing that their beaks were changing um, so he was like, these birds on these islands needed longer beaks, so their beaks got longer as they continued to reproduce. Yeah. Um, and so he was like, there's evolution in that sense that um, they're changing, but there was never a change of kind I think that's a, might be a tiny bit off topic so Well, well it. it's we're also
2: not, a huge think, topic man it's it is yeah, I so mean we'll this is like later on, yeah. we're, but, you know it's it's 10 minutes you know 10 minute explanations for really yeah. I mean
1: Yeah but the the thing is is when it comes to um it, it is an observation but like we could easily observe things in the same way and say like well god is is a viable explanation for all of these things yeah. as well yeah. and that the evolution can fit underneath of the of the under the umbrella of God's existence like and that we believe that it is a real process but I don't think it's a worldview in terms of like how everything you know has come into being yeah there's a a kind of a cheesy line that like Christians say that like it takes more faith to be an atheist but but it's 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 cliche because it's you know because it is true because it's it is a statement of faith they can't prove without a doubt that that God doesn't exist and so in the same way that like we, we can't prove from a strong rationalist that whole like argument like, yeah, we, we don't have a, like, without a, a complete doubt, but I find, like, the more that I learn about it and the more that I learn how, you know, h- how our universe works and, like, kind yeah. of the science that we have observed so far, it's, it, I really think it's a mustard seed, you know? Yeah. W- one person explained it once being like, yeah, you're right, like, the whole, like, the force of gravity, you know, being into the, you know, the 44th power or whatever it is, like, because it's, like, yeah. some huge number, but if it was off by, like, one decimal, the whole earth would like collapse on or the whole world would collapse on its, or universe, sorry. The whole universe would collapse on itself. And so even that, like that nuance, like, it's like, yeah, what's, what are the chances that, that, that just kind of happened? It just, you know, the, some big bang just was like, just the right power. I think that when I'm like, when people are saying like, like, well, there's still a chance. I'm like, you're right, but come on. Like, it's like, (laughs) I'm like, you're right, but like, It's not very likely. It's actually, it's like super unlikely. And you're going on, actually, that's why they say it takes more faith to be the atheist. Because I'm like, in terms of the way the world operates, like for there not to be some kind of cause behind all of it.
2: But see, let's even, let's even like take, go go a different route. Because uh, this is something I've I've talked to folks. Because this is really what, I mean, this is where I go, right? And even Larry said it uh today in a meeting that we had right that we were having he said that that just scares him this, this thought of eternity yeah. right is i mean and it's and it's i mean he hit on something that i have absolutely right in my short 30-year life so far and that really really bothers me right let's just let's just let's just move away from all from anything That's technical right anything um i don't know i don't want to say scientific cause it's such a silly broad way to say it but yeah um but, like, just, just how, does it, how does it make you feel, right? And it's things I've talked to, to folks about, like, are you okay with that? I mean, are you just okay with a null universe where you're just going to, like, blink out of existence? It's not, yeah. you know, yeah. I just, yeah. I mean, just talk about the love of your kids or your, yeah. you know, spouse or your yeah. girlfriend or your yeah. family or your, you know. I mean, just all of these things and just what about your heart? What about your, you know, what about your soul? What about your mind? What about the feeling you yeah. right the the you that feels things and the you that gets sad and the you that gets glad and i mean yeah. that's my thing and right and there's some old christian song that i can't remember that says what if you're wrong right she starts out like in you know the, the verses and all. She wrong. says, "What Spell if you're God. yeah?" <laughs> I realize how that. I love God. What if you're wrong? <laughs> it's like I don't know what to so... say. No, well, I'm, I, I'm not even God. gonna try to sing it because Stephen <laughs> Stephen will have these recordings for the rest of my life. But in the verses, she says, "What if you're right?" And she's like confirming their you know what What if you're right and all of this means nothing? What if you're right and but but." was we'll just out there? What if, what if you're wrong? Yeah. What if there is, you know, what if there has always been a loving creator? What if there yeah. has always been a savior? You know what I mean? That a king that, that came, you know, that, that came and died for his, for his kingdom, as opposed to yeah, his yeah. kingdom dying for the king. And just that, cause I mean, we can get so wrapped up in causality and oh, things. Sure, yeah. And I just want to like, let's just throw out there, <laughs> okay leave it to scott to get, get all emotional no you guys can just be all technical i'll just be over here you know <laughs> no no it's a very sobbing point, though. Yeah. but that's that's where i try to urge people yeah. um is that in your in your heart i mean if you open up your i mean if you if you just be vulnerable for a little while yeah. and then read scripture and read how much hope and love and peace and joy is no, is is, is talked about in scripture i mean that's that's yeah. the theme, right, is is a reuniting of yeah. a original design and original relationship with God. Yeah. The original relationship Adam and Eve had with God, right, again, we're going back to, to Scripture, but that's what we're told, right? We're yeah. told that Adam and Eve had this relationship with God. They were just with Him, and everything was right, and nothing right. was, they, they weren't ashamed, right? Yeah. That was the very first thing when they bit of the apple, right? I mean, you can just, you can read this in Genesis 1. They bit the apple, and they were... And they were, and they felt ashamed, yeah. right? And I'm like, okay, so shame, right? Why are we ashamed? Mm-hmm. I don't know. We can, sorry, but that's no, that's yeah, my, yeah. my okay. You know, talk about talk about physics and talk about you know uh, scientific theories, but then also do yourself a favor and talk about your heart.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, it's it's interesting because like the like when it comes to the even like that the emotional side as well. Like we don't have to. You know we don't even have to just like like dive into the brain and forget about our heart you know what I mean yeah, like that exactly. whole like because yeah. like and even like the two are they're not you know mutually exclusive either it's like they can they go together like yeah. that we that we think and we feel and yeah. the um, like when it comes to the way we live our lives and living with a purpose and it's just like you know the fact that like you said like setting eternity on our hearts yep. that well, why are we living as though eternity exists, even when we don't think it, even folks that don't think it does, but it's just like, but they, the things they place value on, or even like certain inherent things that like, they're just like, yeah, hey, murder's just wrong. And I'm like, yeah, but if God doesn't exist, then who says? Why
2: is thievery and
1: lying and, and you know, murder, why are those things
2: wrong yeah. all across all across the globe, yeah. you know, with, with, with cultures that really may have had very little contact or even no contact? Yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: these things are universal yeah. in human yeah, heart, in,
0: kinda, in the human heart. This goes back to just God being all around us in every way. I mean, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, just the way that, because that's one of the things I've. I think uh, Tim Keller had said it in his his book, Reason for God. He mm-hmm. he mentioned how, like, that Christianity works for, like, the way that, like, you know, in terms of how we feel about good and evil yeah. and, you know, how we feel like we should live our lives and desiring a purpose yeah. and, and why the world seems to be, you know, screwed up in some kind of way, like yeah. that things aren't quite right and, and that, that God is going to reconcile and redeem it all. And yeah. and so it just, it, it fits within the way that we live our lives. And he's like, because yeah. that was one of the things I think he, he goes into, like, because he first talks about, like, well, let me just, let's just consider you know common common doubts about even faith in general or yeah. and then he goes into why Christianity he was like why like he was like that you know deep in your in your heart like you're yeah. living your life as though like like that fits within this perspective it doesn't fit within your perspective yet you're living that right you're seeing that but you're living something different right. like that yeah. kind of a thing yeah. but so yeah I think we can we can learn a lot by just observing the way that we the way that we live our lives right. Yeah, so I'm wondering, like, what is, like, how do we define life? Like, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was like, since we're on these, it's like, sweet, big, yeah, this. these big topics. Like- yeah, that's all
0: That's all I had, so we yeah. can continue to break it down or we can end there. I mean, I don't think, I think we pretty much covered that question pretty well. That was about 40 minutes of covering yeah. that, so. Yeah, we had the intellectual. I think one thing I want to be obvious about is that yeah. none of us are really questioning that, or maybe you guys are, I don't know, I'm not going to speak for you, but... Um, I know personally I'm not questioning that God exists, I'm kind of, we're kind of playing the other side of things. Correct. Um, yeah. So we're playing into like what does it look like from the outside mind and when I had doubts in college, what did it look like for me? And yeah. so we're playing that now and, and now it's so evident to me like it is a hundred percent fact to me.
2: Well this is the kind of thing I would encourage so many, I mean right hopefully this is us revealing, or, you know this is us kind of showing our our motives and our our hearts that this is what we're, this is what, in our desires, right? Um, and this is what I encourage people to, I mean, ha, you know, I, I mean, it's okay. So if you find out somebody's a, a Christian and you have a, a different point of view, talk to them about it objectively. What, you know, okay, like I'm, I'm, I'm okay with you and you doing your thing, right? And Christians should be okay with them doing their thing.
0: Yep.
2: But talk about the objective you know, from the objective standpoint, right, right? right. be willing to entertain. I mean, this, again, this goes back to this is the, this is really the basis for, for these, these, these uh, difficult conversations that we had with a guy in a Chick-fil-A. Just be willing to speak from a position that is not where you currently are, right. Be willing to, uh, I guess, reach out or step, step across, right, to the other side and, and speak from that, uh, platform, right? Well, right. not my platform, but speak from that perspective. Right, right. Yeah. Um, And well, so that's what we're doing, right? Again, that's our hearts. That's yeah. that's. I know in the conversations that we have with with folks, that's what we want them to realize that we're willing to to go there. But will you? Will right. you also meet us? And we, yeah. you know. Yeah.
1: yeah. 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 No, I agree. Yeah, I think there's just a ton of value in that. Like I said, when we when we had that conversation with um, the guy from Chick Fil A, like that. That was the basis of it, I mean, it was just we were able to get down to like, yeah, I man, like we disagree, but that doesn't mean you know that we don't care about you or don't like you know
2: just for the 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 healthy perspective that perhaps right it's also a, it could be a sensitive it may you know may not be something they they made up i mean that's just the that's the hard one. I guess I would say that they run to it's something that they're um you know because because people people find. Um, a belief in something and and maybe they have again and this is again why we try to be as polite and really have you know healthy conversations with people um, that you know believe what we believe or also don't because I don't want to be the reason that somebody is like I won't come to you know I I don't want to learn about Jesus because I talked to this guy in a Chick-fil-a and he was a jerk right Right and he tried to shove it down my throat and he told me I was making stuff up and he told me I was wrong and he told me, you know, those kinds of things. Um, So that's all I was just gonna say is that perhaps it's all, you know, like, um, which is again, why we step over into into their, you know, into their position a little bit and and maybe it's come from a place of hurt, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, or maybe they're genuinely concerned about eternity just like I am, Right.
0: right? Yeah, any additions? I just want to thank you guys for coming. So thank you, Scott. Thank you, Matt, for coming. And
1: Yeah, thank you for having us. All
0: right. And we're out. Action. Peace.